Oh, there's the way to start. Oh, sweetness. This is the best part. We had the goal since training camp to give Chicago a Super Bowl champ. And we're not doing this because we're greedy. The Bears are doing it to feed the needy. We didn't come here to look for trouble. We just come here to do the Super Bowl shop. All right. Uh, welcome, everybody. What a show we have for you today. Going to talk some pirate hoops with Cy Seymour, Nikki Novak, Fandango. The great Sean Brace on the line with us here to start the thing today, though. As we get you to the weekend and Super Bowl weekend, Fox Sports Radio, the gambler up in Philly. Sean started here. We claim him as an alum. It's not one of these Sandy Bullock claimed by ECU alum things. Oh, no. No, no. He really put in the time here. Uh, boy, take me back to this, Sean. How about this for a flex? The Bears of, of 85 doing this rap video. That's, a, that's, yeah. that's like the initial flex, isn't it? next level stuff there especially with that <laughs> well look when, when you have that defense yeah. you know you could do whatever you want i'm just happy that they were all wearing pants and jerseys and, <laughs> and you know I mean, like the greatest defense to ever suit up on sundays and uh but you're right ahead of their time jim mcmahon rest in peace walter payton there that's great to hear oh. uh but you know, I know it's Super Bowl weekend, and I, that's what I'm on here, but you just got the juices going for me. How about that victory over Houston and Minji's Coliseum? Oh. Come on. <laughs> and no fans. No fans on and top no of fans. it. no fans. Yeah. We still painted the town purple, I heard, though. Well, there there might have been a place or two where people were still having some fun. I actually <laughs> saw some pictures this morning. I think some people were having some fun last night even, so... It's not Good. totally they dead. It right. uh, it's not totally dead here in Greenville. Not totally dead. So there Good. you go. That's great to hear. That All right, good, that was a big time victory. No, that it was, was. A big time victory. Well, it, it, but it's the form. It's the it's the classic formula, and you know this because of what you do. But you see it in March during the tournament. A team that has the guards take care of the basketball, which ECU did, and makes double digit threes is, can beat a team that's better than they are, and that's kind of what Absolutely. happened. Yeah, that's kind. Yeah, when the shots are falling from outside, that's, that's, that's when the magic happens. You're right about yeah. that. I'm excited about the tournament uh, this year. I'm hoping we can get there. I'm going to ask you a, a college basketball question. But we had Super Bowl weekend, which is always – I mean, this is – we've got more legalized gambling coast-to-coast than we have – than we've ever had, right? This is the Super Bowl with the, with the most amount of legalized gambling coast-to-coast. Yeah. So, uh, Absolutely. Is, I mean, all you got to do is – just go back go back to last Super Bowl and how many states in the last 12 months have legalized it in the middle of a global pandemic. And, you know, I, I think that cart has left the, you know, the barn because every other state now wants it. It's just southern. You know how it is. Politics. These politicians can't get out of their own way. And uh, some of the rules that they're tossing in there, you're seeing in New York right now, it's ridiculous. Uh, but for the most part, uh, there's a lot of money to be made for the state. And every state could use it. So, uh, I'm, I'm, look, I'm not one here to say everybody needs to do it. No, that's not the case. Right. You've got to be responsible. But I, I think that if you do it the right ways and you deal with the people that uh, have been doing it, like DraftKings, uh, you know, that's your best bet. So, All right. I want to ask you something here before we get into the props and uh, the trends and all of that. Um, all for entertainment purposes only, ladies and gentlemen. But I, I, hey, asked, I asked Darren Ravel this uh, a couple years ago. What was more likely to happen first, that all 50 states have legalized gambling 
or all 50 states have legalized marijuana? What do you think? Well, I am pro on both, so check both <laughs> boxes, please. Um, that's number one. Number two is, I, I feel like, wow, that's a good question. Um, of course, they're not all 50. Uh, you and I would agree on that. There's going to be some states that say, uh, not, not while I'm living or whatever it may be, who's ever making those decisions. But I think sports gambling. Sports gambling is it because <laughs> it's tough because it's not like not everybody else is smoking marijuana, too. But I feel like everybody gambles on sports. Everybody you know has placed a wager on a game at some point in time. If you if you watch sports, if you watch the NFL, there's been a time that you've wagered on a game or two. So for me, I think that that's going to be the edge because bottom line is there are bookies in, in the back alleys that are continuing <laughs> to make money hand over fist. And these states have to realize that, yo, you know, this is an opportunity for us to cash in. So I'll go sports gambling, but okay. it could go the other way. You're right. Uh, we've got Sean Brace with us here. We're starting off with him today, Patrick Johnson show, the, the voice of uh, of the uh, Fox Sports, the gambler up in Philadelphia, iHeartRadio app. You can listen to it there. Uh, and uh, our, our pal John Jansen also on at night. Uh, I'll tune in from that from time to time if right. I'm working in the office. He's doing a great job with that uh sean started here great job no he really is you both are doing great so you said everybody's gambled look no further than what we've talked about here in the first five or six minutes and that is uh the ncaa tournament in the super bowl i mean you might go to the super bowl and and play some kind of prop uh, at a super bowl party you might fill out the bracket at work technically that's so yeah everybody's gambled on something right and that's what it comes down to. That's my point. Like, you don't have to bet $500 on a game, you know, to, for it to be considered sports gambling. No. And that's one of the cool things. Look, I do stuff with DraftKings most of the time. And, and they got the blocks. They got the small props. They got the sheet <laughs> that you can print out. That's for free. You know? Yeah. And, and they just want to have some fun with it. it. It honestly can be comparable to fantasy football. Now, are people losing their minds over fantasy football? No. So I think if we do it right, we do it responsible. Uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with it, that's for sure. All right, give me some uh, – what is the line as we sit here this afternoon? What's the over-under for the Super Bowl as we sit here this afternoon? Interesting, very interesting. The number just came back down in multiple spots. Now, if you you get on, you get on over to whatever website you want to use, I'll check out VegasInsider.com most of the time, and that gives me a good read on some of the uh, casinos on the Vegas Strip, and then, of course, it will give us on the East Coast. But – Look, I think at kickoff, it's going to be three points. I think right now we started to see a lot of money coming in on Tom Brady. Early early money was coming in on the Kansas City Chiefs. Nobody was believing that Mahomes and Andy Reid were going to lose this, this, this title. That offense is just unstoppable. Plus, look what they did against the Buffalo Bills. So that, that had a lot to do with it. But now... People are starting to, because you see television, ESPN, pumping up the Tom Brady. Look, there is no better story. There's no better story than if Tom Brady wins this Super Bowl. It's his 10th opportunity to do so. 43 years young, talking about he wants to play till he's 50, which is just incredible. Um, but th- that's the I'm going to Disneyland story, you know. That's the Hollywood script there. Mahomes wins. Uh, look, I, I, that's where I'm at. I think Kansas City has, has their way on Sunday. But Mahomes wins. It's number two. What are we talking about? Possibly, you know, one of the better teams we've seen in quite some time. But the storybook ending is Tom Brady winning. So I'm starting to see money come down. I think at kickoff we're going to see just a three, you know, just just a flat-out three. That's it, minus three in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Total, 
It was at 57, opened at 57, came down immediately down to 56 and a half. I think you're going to see some sharks really fire uh, when it comes down to it taking the under. Mm-hmm. And and when it comes when kickoff comes on Sunday, I think we'll see a fifty six square number fifty six. Gotcha. Sean Brace with us, Fox Sports, uh, the Gambler in Philadelphia. Check him out on iHeartRadio, uh, the app. There, you can check it out uh, anytime. Uh, uh, Sean's on in the afternoons. We've uh, got him yes, on sir. a few minutes with us here. Uh, our guy John Jansen, eight o'clock at night while games are going on, uh, which is uh, I'm sure a huge thing uh, in Philadelphia and surrounding areas. Okay. Give me uh, some prop bets. These are always fun, the prop bets. What prop bets have, you know, kind of what we what's normally kind of, you know, garden variety prop bets for this? Sure. But then, you know, what are some that are kind of u- unique and different this year? All right. Well, I, for the most part, I was talking to the DraftKings Sportsbook Director, Johnny Avello, legend, the titan in the industry. He comes on my show every Thursday. We were talking yesterday. And for the most part, they have the template. Now, have they added some things in for this year? Sure. Uh, I'll give you a for instance. They had this year, they have added with Kansas City Chiefs high power offense and Tampa Bay's offense as well. But you think more of Kansas City with this prop. What will happen? Will there be a touchdown, a drive shorter than the national anthem? And wow. you can get yes, I believe. Yeah, yes is, is, is uh, actually favored in it. Uh, I believe plus 125 was the number. Um, so, look, that's something new that they tossed in there. Plus, he said they rolled out a few new uh, prop bets at the start of last week when the two teams were decided. And if they don't get, I mean, look, if, if they keep every prop bet, bet that they come up with, you're going to be looking at a, a menu that you would see at a diner 16 pages long where it's just like, you know, I came in here for some flapjacks and a side of uh, <laughs> sausage, you know. So you don't want that. Right. Uh, you don't want to bog down the gambler. So for the most part, you, they got the template there. But uh, some of the props that I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at player props. Now, PJ, I feel like this is a Chiefs victory. I have not budged off this. Um, for me, Kansas City gave everybody a, refreshing, a refresher against the Bills, just how potent that offense is. Uh, their defense is pretty darn good as well. I think they're getting slept on a little disrespected, in, yeah. in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm buying in on all things Kansas City. So I look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes. I'm looking at him as far as rushing yards is concerned. I believe it was at 21 and a half. I'm taking the over on that. I look at his passing yards. I expect him to have a big day at the office over 325 at minus 118. Um, touchdown passes, I'm not going to touch that. He's got three and a half. Oof. I think he'll probably throw about three touchdowns after it's all said and done. If I was to play it, I'd probably take the under. But I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, high-power, two two offenses out there competing. And at the end of the fourth or at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I think Kansas City is going to have a ten-point lead. So the national anthem is a duet this year, right? Uh, Eric Church, North I, Carolinian, and and uh, another singer who I think has sung the national anthem before. How, I you, believe it's Jasmine Sullivan who is yeah. from Philadelphia. Okay, well, see, there you go. That's uh, that's the connection here. You and I, we're, we're the Eric Church and Jasmine <laughs> Sullivan of, of afternoon sports radio right now. So let me ask you. Let me ask you this: uh, What is the? Because it's a duet. This is tricky because it's a duet, from what I understand. The anthem. You mentioned the length of the anthem. Would there be a score? Could you do a prop of the scoring drive shorter than the time of the anthem? Which I'm. I'm I mean, that to me seems like easy money in this game with Kansas City, but how? Mm-hmm. what's the anthem clocking in at right now? What's that looking like? Have you seen anything on Ooh. that? Well, you would have to believe that if we're going duet style, 
first of all, it's the biggest moment of their life. They're never going to perform on a bigger stage. Super Bowl, everybody's watching. Yeah. So right then and there, you're milking it. You're milking. It. You get now. Now you're you're splitting, and now I'm gonna like I'm competing with Eric Church. I'm not allowing him to show me off or show me up. So I'm gonna go a little bit longer, a little bit louder. All right. Maybe I might little do a little. Well, that doesn't work on radio, but I was shaking my head there. You know, little twitch. We little hold the note out. Acting up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, little little Robin Zander hold the note out. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm so you got to take the over. You have to take the over. Yeah, yeah. I think you got to. All right. Um, the weekend is is the performing at halftime. Not my demo. Not my demo. But I'm sure there's props on what he might say or what he might uh, or what he might sing or who he might bring on with him as a special guest. I, I have to imagine that's, for the less hardcore uh, sports gamer, this is probably uh, in there as well, I guess, right? Something to do with the well, weekend at halftime. Absolutely. You know, and that's more of the offshore books will have, uh, you know, <laughs> spots that you can wager. Yeah. Uh, but still, you know, look, it, 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 it's tough when you do wager on an offshore book. You might have to fly down to uh, the British Virgin Islands to go chase Julio <laughs> for your money. I, I, you know, it's tough. But for the most part, uh, if you're looking to bet on the uh, halftime show, that's what you have to do. I will tell you this. Blinding Lights is the weekend's number one song. It's, right. it's just a phenomenal song. So you have to ask yourself, when the curtain drops, will the weekend open up with his banger, or does he want to end with a bang? Yeah. And for my, for my money's worth, I think he ends his performance with Blinding Lights. So lock that in. And I think you can get that actually at some of the uh, offshore books that's at plus 320 I saw Ooh. that he ends okay. with Blinding Lights. All right, I got you. Now, it, the, there's the coin flip. That's always, you know, a popular uh, uh, bet, right? You know, you know what I love about the coin flip? P-Man, PJ, there, there's four different ways to make money on the coin flip. Oh, uh, oh. Kings alone, okay, do tell, do and tell. And another thing is this. And another thing is this. I love sports books that have to get theirs. It's either heads or tails. Right. Why do you have to put juice on that? Yeah. It's either heads or tails. It's 50-50 last time I checked. It, there, there's no third party here, all right? <laughs> it's either head or tails. That's it. And you see these sports books charging like minus 105. They got they got to get their juice on everything. You can't just allow us to have the coin toss. Can you please? Anyway, there's four different ways to make money on the coin toss. It's absurd these days. But uh, as far as you can bet the coin toss outcome, coin toss winner, of course, for the team ah. and player to correctly call the opening Ooh, kickoff okay. coin toss. Yeah. Now, Andy Reid has worn a face guard, which fogged up. He's worn different masks this year. I think he was sweating through one of them at one point. Uh, you have uh, with Bruce Arias, you know, he's got kind of the different lids that he might wear. And so there's some action on that from what I understand. You can bet on what kind and color of lid that Arians is going to wear. And if if the if Coach Reed you – know, I'm sure you can bet on what kind of face gear he's going to have. There's got to be an Andy Reed prop in there somewhere, I'm sure, right? Always. Yeah, always. And I will tell you, if people are planning to go down that path, Andy Reed has kind of stuck to the script a little bit. Bruce Arians is, is a wild card. If you look, because you can go back – each week, he's wearing something different. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, he was wearing some some sort of hip sack over his shoulder like he was the Mandalorian, and it was just ridiculous. So I don't know if he's in the welder's mask. I love the welder's mask. Yeah. I'm checking out, you know, I'm at Trader Joe's. I'm just checking out, and this person's got a welder's mask like they're working on my exhaust. No, I just want to get my box of Cheerios and my milk and go home. That's all. Uh, anyway, sorry. I digress. But what I will tell you is this. If you plan on going down the path 
of betting anything along the lines of coaches, I want to go with this. The Gatorade, the colored Gatorade uh, yeah. at the end after it's all said and done. Yeah. Just so everybody knows. These guys are creatures of habit. Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs won last year. The color of Gatorade was orange. You know darn well that if they're, they went back to the Super Bowl, nobody's changing anything. Whatever they did last year, it worked. So you better bet color orange, and that's why it's the favorite, plus 100 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Lock it in, P-Man. All right, Sean Brace, there he is, Fox Sports the Gambler. Give me your gut. You know, you've got all the information. You, you're bullish on Kansas City. Give me your, this is just the Sean Brace prediction, final score. I think it's a blowout. I think this is an ugly game. I think Kansas City is up by 10 heading into the fourth quarter, and I think that they're going to win by two touchdowns plus. Okay. Yeah. I, look, I know everybody Everybody wants to hope that this game is good. It's a three-point spread. I get it. We got two of the best, the GOAT, all that. But this Kansas City Chiefs offense and what Patrick Mahomes does on a weekly basis is something that we have never seen before. And, look, these two teams matched up in Week 12. Granted, final score is 27-24, but all you need to know is that Kansas City took the foot off the gas in Tampa. Right. They took the foot off the gas, and that's the reason why they allowed the Tampa Bay Bucks to get back into the game and made it a three-point final score. I mean, Tyreek Hill had over 200 yards in the first quarter alone. Everybody, every defensive coordinator has a plan going into the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I understand that. There's not one defensive coordinator that said, you know what? We don't. We got to stop Tyreek. They all say it, but you can't do it. Chiefs in a route. Lock it in, P man. Hey, thank you very much, Sean. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. It's time to paint the town purple. That was Jeff Charles. <laughs> Thanks. Always great to have Sean Brace on. That guy's a nut. Um, from uh, Fox Sports Philly, the Gambler, Fox Sports Radio, Philly, the Gambler. Uh, ben Byram is here. We haven't had a chance to say hello to him uh, today on a Friday. Get you to the weekend. Get you to the Super Bowl weekend edition. Hello, Ben. How's it going? Hey, Ben. It's it's going good. I'm still <laughs> still living off that that win over fifth rank Houston. Fifth well, rank no yeah. longer. I, I think Brace it's safe was to say. fired up. Yes, yeah, fifth rank no longer. Okay. Uh, we got Cy Seymour and Nikki Novak still to come. We're going to do an update next. Are you ready? You've been slaving away over a hot keyboard. So I'm you ready. Got the update. Big right. baseball news. Oh, all right. Ben Byram with your uh, 2020 sports flash or thereabouts, your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash. Uh, that's on the other side of the break. Hoops talk with Cy Seymour. Uh, also, Ben and I will give you our Super Bowl picks. All of that still to come. Stay with us. Ben Barham here for your 94th City Game Sports Update. Currently underway, we have a day two of the Phoenix Open. ECULM Harold Varner III had a solid day shooting three under to put him tied at 14th overall with six under in the event. We have a tie for first between Keegan Bradley and Steve Stricker, who both are 11 under overall in the Open. From the NFL, as we gear up for the Super Bowl Sunday, the Chiefs activate wide receiver Demarcus Robinson off the COVID reserve list. For college troops, only two games from teams within the state tipping off the night. We start at seven. As Gardner-Webb hosts Presbyterian, the Gardner-Webb Bulldogs are favored in that game by 7.5 points, while Charlotte battles Middle Tennessee on the road. The 49ers are the four-point favorites in that game. And from Major League Baseball, we have some major news. As easily the biggest free agent on the market, Cy Young winner Trevor Bauer finally finds a home in the L.A. Dodgers. 
who signed the ace to a three-year, $102 million deal. Meanwhile, the LA Angels trade for veteran outfielder Dexter Fowler for cash considerations and a player later to be named. Fear 94 through the game sports update. I'm Ben Barm. When we return, ECU basketball broadcaster Saw Seymour is the P-Man talking the Pirates' huge upset win over fifth-ranked Houston in their upcoming matchup Saturday against Memphis. It all comes your way on the other side of this week's timeout. All right, Patrick Johnson show on a Friday. Hey, if you ever miss uh, one of our programs, and if you do, shame on you. But uh, you can always go back and uh, relive the magic. Or if you're new and you just want to check out a podcast, uh, 94.3thegame.com. Go there after every one of our shows. It winds up within uh, a few minutes after the conclusion. And this isn't any of that best stuff because it's all so golden. No, when we play a bad note, it's our music. Uh, so we are uh, including the whole show in our pro- podcast. 943thegame.com, the new look website. Get your pod there. Also, you can also uh, check out our podcast on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, wherever you download your favorite podcast. So uh, make sure you do that. I know Coach Dooley, when he joined us yesterday, talked about what's ahead for the Pirates and looking ahead. Every coach does that. But I, I want to look back. Cy Seymour joins us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. ECU in Memphis tomorrow. But I think we're all still uh, kind of uh, giddy, maybe a little bit on cloud nine after the Pirates got a great win against Houston and really outplayed them, Cy. Listen, Patrick, you're basking in the glory. We sure are. Uh, <laughs> when you look at that, and, and I think you're right. I think East Carolina outplayed. Uh, a really, really top-notch ball club in Houston. And and I think Coach Sampson said they outworked us, and that's what we did. When you ECU, Joe Dooley is a grinder just like Kelvin Sampson. They work at their th- th- what they're doing, and that's why I think Joe's such a good fit. He, Joe's got that chip on his shoulder. Sampson has that chip on his shoulder, and they go after you. Well, that's what Joe Dooley does, and he'll go for the next game the same way. You know, I, I, so I'm with you. It's been a good time. Cy Seymour, who, like the Clint Eastwood movie, uh, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, he's seen a little bit of it all uh, with Pirate mm-hmm. Basketball. That that ranks, obviously, as one of the great all-time wins. You saw a couple of them against Marquette. Hell, you may have been in the building when they beat Reggie Lewis in Northeastern when they were ranked. I don't know. <laughs> um, I wasn't there for that one, but okay. that's, that's, that was Northeastern. So yeah. that's not kind of Yeah. But I mean, I, I still, uh, I still think you look back at it, uh, and obviously, it can't be. I mean, this is the biggest win in the program history, and I and Jaden Gardner, I thought he got some help, but Jaden Gardner played probably, to me, the most complete game he's played all season. There's no doubt about. It. I think, I think it's even bigger than that. I think it's the the most complete game he's played in his career. Wow. Uh, I I really believe that. I mean, he had four assists. I know of which looking at film. Two of them led to three-point shots wide open. You know, where he would dribble in, everybody sucks to him because Samson has great respect for him. And he and, and so he kicks it out, and kids hit the jumpers. And, I mean, that's how you do it. And, and four assists is, is a big step for, for a guy that, that really is a scorer, you know, and only one turnover. He wasn't sloppy with the ball. He did the right stuff. Uh, and, listen, 
He also had 15 rebounds against a team that rebounds. And that's, that's a really high stat. So give ECU a credit, but give Gardner a lot of credit also. And, and talking about wins, that's a, that's about as big a win as you're going to get in any sport. I mean, that, you know, when you're, when you're now playing the way you're playing and you beat a, a team that's number five in the country on basically a neutral court, there were no fans there. The officials are great officials who really are not going to let it get out of hand. So they're going to call it the right way and you beat them. That's a heck of a win for ECU uh, and, and a program win. You know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I was at the game. I was at the Peach Bowl. I'm in all those games. I am, and I, and I love them all. And I'm at Miami when ECU beat Miami in in, uh, in Raleigh. Right. You had a home court crowd. You had a home field crowd. ECU didn't have that in this game. They literally beat this ball club on their turf, you know, or on a neutral turf. That's a big win for the Pirates. One of the biggest in school history, football or basketball. That's a big win. Cy Seymour with us uh, tomorrow at 1.30 airtime here on 94.3 The Game at 107.9 WNCT. It's uh, ECU, and uh, they are taking on uh, Memphis. More on that game in just a bit. As I said, we talked to Dooley yesterday. Uh, Coach, in my mind, uh, is the ultimate gym rat. He's the ultimate film study guy. He's the ultimate grinder. Uh, you know, and, and I wasn't expecting, you know, l- less than 24 hours after the win the next day, Joe to be turning cartwheels. But, you know, he's just level and, and stays the same the whole way. I mean, he's he he wasn't he's, – he felt good for his kids. I know that. He was happy for his kids. I'm sure he was happy for his staff. The next thing on his mind, 15 minutes after that game, is probably uh, Memphis. Exactly right. He goes to the next game. But you're right. See, see, in a game like that, that can begin to make your program. In other words, that, that's a program win more than it is a team win. And his assistants buy in better. Everybody buys in better. Your administration buys in better because they say, wait a minute, we just be a top five team. And, and, and Jody gave me this stat. Quad one teams, teams that have won games, quad one games in the state of North Carolina this year. Quad one games, quality wins right. that you won. Duke, Charlotte. Davidson and East Carolina. Wow. State's 0 and 5. Uh, Carolina's 0 and 5. State's 0 and 6. So, what they have done so, and I, I'm not saying that's good. That's not good for the state of North Carolina. It also shows a weakness in the Atlantic Coast Conference because who you're beating is not very good. But, but I'm simply saying that's a big deal for ECU. That's a really big deal. And so, uh, that's, that's something you, have, you can build on, you can recruit on, you can work this game. Now, that's what you get out of a big win like this. Joe knows that he's trying to build a program here. Yeah, and, and I mean, anybody, and you started to hear murmurs because they looked awful against Memphis. Uh, Tough luck in a couple of games late, uh, UCF, Tulsa. Uh, You know, is this going to work out? I mean, anybody who knows basketball knows, one, what Joe Dooley was facing when he got here, but two, knows that Joe Dooley knows what he's doing, and it's going to take some time. To, to get it to where it needs to get to. I, I said this yesterday. I did a lot of radio interviews yesterday as a result of ECU's win. And, I mean, I've said it on here. I think I've even said it to you. That we've got to quit just petting ECU basketball on the head, you know, patting him on the head. Hey, great job. a boy. We'll get him next time. No, I mean, this is serious stuff here. We, we need to start treating this as if it were. And, and I hope this win is the beginning of that. Well, I think it's – I agree. I think it certainly helps. Uh, 
And, and I'm like you. You know, when you look up at this year, people will say, well, they hadn't done anything. Yet. Well, first thing, and you know this, we're, we're, on, we're just taking baby steps. He beat Charlotte. That's a big win. He beat UNC Wilmington, and he beat James Madison. That's We never, that I've been doing it, I don't know if we've ever swept those three schools in a preseason, ever. So he does that. He, he beats Tulane. He loses a couple early. COVID's in his camp. He can't. I bet Tristan Newton hadn't practiced four times since December 25th. I mean, my point is, so he goes down to the lane and he loses, and people say, my gosh, he lost. No. ECU hadn't had any regular practices with a full team, I doubt, the whole month of, of uh, January. And so, but Joe, the grinder, gut and fuss, frustrated, just keeps playing. Hicks Tulsa comes in. He's right in the basketball game, and they've got a stud that ended the game for him that played great. You know, I mean, that's what happened. And, and, and ECU's playing well this year. They just don't – it's been so inconsistent and chaotic with COVID. That's a, so this win marks what they can be, and that's what you would try to attain. Uh, the other thing, we haven't talked to you since the Tulsa game. In that game uh... – the reason ECU has a shot at the end, there was a stretch in there, Cy, where it starts to get away from him in the second half, and Joe Dooley calls a timeout. And I, and I, I was listening, and I think you even said, you, you talked about what an important and smart timeout that was. Nothing against Coach Rock, but that's, a, that's the head coach, that's the guy that's leading your program, making a, a simple timeout call, and that changed the complexion of that game. Keeps you in I mean, that's, that's, and that's his staff and rocks, the real deal. That's the kind of stuff you do. But the other night, any, look, ECU opened up a lead and Houston cut it to four. Joe takes the timeout, goes right back out and extends the lead. The kids did what he said. They got a good shot off. I mean, the things that he did the other night, uh, and he does it every night, but to beat a team like Houston, I, I consider Samson that program one of the tops in the, in the in the country. I mean, what he's doing is just really super. And to beat that kind of program uh, says volumes about what, where we're headed. All right, Memphis is coming up. Uh, that's a tough putt. FedEx Forum, 2 o'clock uh, tomorrow. And the Tigers are uh, a different team than they were just uh, a few months ago. This is a, a program that came in at Shellac ECU. And as far as the good times are rolling, by and large, they have continued for uh, the Memphis Tigers. They are uh, coming off uh, their last time out, a win against UCF. Back to back wins, in fact, hammered them uh, in one of the uh, matchups. Their only loss in this kind of recent stretch has been a two point loss at SMU. Think about that. Let that sink in for a minute. Uh, and then a one point loss prior to that. Uh, back mid-January at Tulsa. So, I mean, this team coming off their own COVID issues uh, have uh, have been really very, very good. And it all started with the Wichita State game before the ECU game. But they just uh, – they did everything right against the Pirates uh, a few weeks ago. I think you've said it perfectly. This team, it hit them – this is close game at Wichita, against Wichita State. They're in a close game. Second half, they blow them out. They win 72-50. They win by 20. Well, then they're coming into Greenville, and they're the most confident 
I, I remember Lomax saying in interviews, now we're ready to play. And <laughs> and so they come and he's a good quick point guard that can break you down. They've got shooters all over the place. They play a good defense. They got a big man that could be one and done, Cisse. And so they came into Greenville, ECU limping, beat up, not a full team, hadn't practiced the way they needed to, came in here and, and really embarrassed East Carolina. I mean, just did what they had to do uh, to, to beat the Pirates uh, and, and beat it from the go. It was over. It was over. I think you'll see a different effort by ECU, but I'm telling you, Memphis is – I really believe Memphis, SMU, and Houston are really, really good programs and good teams, and he happens to have all of them right now in a row, and that is so, so difficult. But but we, I think ECU will respond and play much better against this Memphis team over in Memphis at the FedEx Forum. But I can tell you this, they are good, they are talented, and they have not stopped. They've not stopped. I mean, they are just playing really strong when you look at them right now. They lose to an SMU team that I think is really good. So you got to see how it plays out. But right now, they've won four out of, what, four out of five, playing really good. So ECU's going to have to bring their A game. But that Memphis team is very, very good. It's great to have uh, Cy Seymour with us. Always great to catch up uh, with him. Uh, Cy's got a lot of broadcasts coming up in the next uh, few days here, starting with the game at uh, Memphis tomorrow, then the homer Monday against uh, SMU, which will preempt our show, and then uh, two against uh, Temple next week, one in Philly, one in Greenville. So, uh, Cy, uh, stay good, stay healthy, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you sometime next week. Uh, look forward to always talking to you. Appreciate your knowledge and understanding of the basketball program. Uh, you do a great job with it. Thank you. Thank you, Cy. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. It is Super Bowl weekend. We know you're going to probably be watching the big game. I have to imagine on uh, Sunday, but if uh, not, uh, or or if uh, you're not interested in the Battle of the Blues, you're not interested in watching ESPN2 when the Pirates play Memphis Saturday, uh, some other things you can check out, movies, uh, streaming shows that are all the the jam. Uh, Nikki Novak, Fandango with that on the other side. All right, no time for Tom Fullery this week. We got a lot to get to here. Nikki Novak. We have time for that even. Uh, welcome in, Nikki Yay. Novak. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I guess people are going to have to do a lot of viewing before Sunday because the Super Bowl is what everybody's going to be watching. On well, Sunday. yeah, one would, one would think. Uh, one would think one a would lot think. of people. Yeah. Hey, yeah. um,. Speaking of which, yeah, I have seen a Super uh-huh. Bowl commercial uh, from the past, <laughs> yeah, starring none other than <laughs> our own Nikki Novak from Fandango. <laughs> wow! <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Um, yeah, so back in the day when I um, when I lived in New York City and I was primarily a model and uh, I did a lot of TV commercials. That was kind of my jam. And, you know, if you give me, like, one line, I'm so good. <laughs> when I have more than one line, I just can't do it. And commercials tend to be one line or a couple of lines. And, and, and they tend to be more fun. Um, I can't really do the dramatic stuff. But, yeah, I did a couple of Super Bowl commercials. Weirdly, like, I was like the beer girl. I did I, I did conflicting um, alcoholic beverages. Oh. But I did a Bud Light. Um, and then I did a, a Michelob. Now, they weren't at the same time because when you do one – then they hold you for a while, so you can't do a you know a competitor competitor. Um, but as soon as that you know one stops airing, I did the other one. <laughs> but yeah, the wow. first 
the one that you, I think, saw and were talking about was the um, the one with Sergio Garcia. Yes. Um, which was awesome because I got to go to his hometown in Spain and film it there. So, wow. uh, yeah. Yeah, and spent a whole week there. You know, that was when people had, like, huge budgets for things. And they were like, just come and hang out for four days before we shoot the commercial for one. Jeez. So, yeah, it was kind of cool because... You know, when you're, uh, he's a star here, but, uh, you know, at the time he was a, a rising star. And to see, you know, the fact that he couldn't go anywhere in his hometown without, you know, Sergio, Sergio, you right. know, it was yeah. fun. It was yeah. fun to ride on those coattails. But anyway, thank now, you for bringing it up. Let me, now, <laughs> I, you, you practice a golf swing in this commercial. And it's, I do. It, it's a quick cut, but I will say this, uh, it, it looked like a pretty, pretty realistic golf swing. Well, I'll say this, and I think I told you this before. I grew up, you know, in a very uh, athletic family. I played, I played every sport. My brother was in track and field primarily, but we all we we played basketball, volleyball. Uh, I played, I, I ran track, but the numero uno sport in my household was golf. And so, you know, you get these castings where they're like, it's for a beer commercial, and they want, you know, girls. <laughs> you know, a girl to play, well, right. you know, like a girl to play opposite. It wasn't one of those, but like a right. girl to play opposite Sergio that can be fun. And, you know, in the casting, I remember thinking to myself, if I don't get this, because none of these girls can play golf, I promise you, none of these other girls in the waiting room can play golf. Right. And so I went in there and I showed them my swing. We had to show them your swing. And I'm like, I could actually hit a golf ball. So I did get the commercial long and the rest of history. There you yeah, go. It was a great experience. It was a really fun experience. And Sergio couldn't be a nicer guy. He's just, a, you know, just that fun guy, fun loving guy that you see is who he is. So, yeah. Did you, uh, who is the roommate in the commercial? Do you remember that person? Was that just an actress? You know, it's or? so funny because I sent you, you know, I sent you that yesterday. Right, I this is why I'm talking. Archive. That's why we're talking about it. Uh, I really, yeah, <laughs> you didn't just see it. I sent it to you. <laughs> Truth be told. This isn't just an organic, like you're bringing it up. Um, funny you should say that because I hadn't watched the commercial in a couple of years. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, right. I remember doing that scene with her. She was a local from Spain oh, okay. that they cast because she didn't have any speaking lines and, and, and it was, you know, they didn't have to fly her in or anything, right, but I, do, right. I watched it and went, oh, right. It's amazing when you watch things back. Like I now will interview actors and I'm like, did I interview that person before? And I have to look it up because I don't remember. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, I know, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> Fandango's Nikki Dovek. All right, let's get to. Uh, movies and things before we get to uh, Nikki's Super Bowl pick here. Uh, all right, Malcolm and Marie, what is the uh, review of this? And, and uh, I think you like it quite a bit. Uh, this is my actual, you know, we're in award season now. The Golden Globe nominations came out this week. The Screen Actors Guild nominations came out this week. And this movie was snubbed, and it's a crying shame because it is my favorite number one movie. Oh. Um, it's called Malcolm and Marie. It's John David Washington, who's the son of Denzel Washington, for those who don't know, and Zendaya, who I think everybody kind of knows by now, the household name, she won the Emmy this year. Um, and this was um, written and directed by Sam Levinson, who did Euphoria, which is what Zendaya won the, the Emmy for. But it's basically the story, it's shot, it was shot during the pandemic in one house up in Carmel, California. He wrote it in, the, in a period of a couple of weeks, and I can't I can't believe that they did this in during the pandemic because it's it's a brilliant movie. But it's basically it's a relationship movie. So if you like The Star Is Born, this is what I'm saying. If you like The Star Is mm -hmm. Born from 2016 with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, you will like this movie. 
I like relationship movies, so this is my number one. It did get mixed reviews. I'm going to be honest. Some people don't get it and don't like it. It's so my jam. <laughs> and I thought it was, I thought it was incredible. That's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it, but it's available on Netflix this week. Salma Hayek and Owen Wilson team together in bliss. Yeah. So this one's kind of wild. This is like the matrix meets the notebook. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. It's a sci-fi romance. And when I saw like Salma Hayek, she doesn't need to work. You know, she's got a nice life and she's an incredible producer at this point. And I, and I always think to myself, when it's somebody that doesn't need to do a role, why are they doing this? And when it first started, I'm like, why is she doing this? It's kind of an odd film. Owen Wilson plays this guy. It starts with he gets fired from his job and, you know, does something really horrific to his boss and then runs out to this local bar to drown in sorrows and meets Selma's character who seems to know what he did and tells him that basically his whole life is uh, an alternate reality that, you know, she's going to show him what is actually reality. And so it's kind of mind bendy and you go through the whole thing, not knowing which world that she shows him is real and which one isn't. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It really had a good payoff at the end. I was pleasantly surprised. Like I said, when it started, I'm like, why is Salma Hayek doing this movie? And by the end, I was like, oh, now I get it. Really? Really? Like one of those totally not formulaic, really cool, like you have no idea where it's going kind of movies. So, yes. Yeah, that's a good one. That's on Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch that. Got you. Nikki Novak from Fandango is with us here. I want to go to a streaming series, Firefly Lane. Easy for me to say. Uh, tell us where you can watch it and what it's about and what you thought of it. Okay, so this one stars Katherine Heigl, who, you know, is of Grey's Anatomy, you know, fame, alums, 27 dresses, um, and Sarah Chalk, and they play lifelong best friends. Mm. And this is available on Netflix. It's a new series. Now, you know that I like to be glass half full. And I usually, if I don't like a film, we just won't talk about it. Like, right. I just won't bring it to you. And sometimes people are like, do you just like everything? I'm like, no, I only like the stuff I talk about. I don't like to be negative. That said, I'm going to give you the first bad review I've ever done on this station. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did not care for this series. Look, can you get into it? Can you accept it? For the first half of the first episode, I was like, this is just, what's the story? I mean, Catherine Heigl plays like a famous um, uh talk show you know like a host and Sarah Chalk is a, is a homemaker who's been her best friend her whole life and they flash back to sort of different points in their lives when they're kids when they're in their early 20s which is basically the two of them just in wigs mm. um but you know look by the end of the first episode I was like oh they hooked me they gave me you know one of those teasers that then you watch the second episode and then I got halfway through the second episode and I went you know what it's just not that good can you watch it? Is it bingeable? Is the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes way higher than the critic score? Yes. But you know I'm that girl that I like some, you know, popcorn kind of movies. Yeah. They don't mm -hmm. have to be highbrow. That said, there just isn't that much of a story. You can, it's still watchable. It's just not that great. <laughs> There's better stuff out there, in other words. I got Way better. Yeah. Watch Bridgerton, Emily in Paris, Lupin, which is on Netflix, all of these series. If you like, uh, you know, female-driven, that kind of thing, um, you know, better stuff out there, like I said. But give it a shot and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I have not uh, paid much attention to the SAG or Golden Globe award nominations. I usually, some years I really am into it and like it, and some years I'm like, eh, whatever. So 
Um, what yeah. anything big this week? I, I just don't know if it's the times. I don't know what. I'm just eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's what we've sort of garnered from the awards um, this year. It's tougher because look, a lot of people are watching stuff at home. They're not going to the theater. They're not having that theatrical experience that they normally do and get and and see more movies and then get behind them. That yeah, said, yeah. Netflix you know, crushed it. I think they had 35% of total nominations because, you know, people are really watching Netflix movies. Sometimes the buzz helps um, in these nominations. So I think it was the TV noms as well that got, because the Globe does TV and film and so does the SAGs, that people are really excited about their favorite streaming shows. Like The Crown got a lot. Emily in Paris got nominated that people didn't expect. Bridgerton got shut out that people were upset about. And, you know, there's the usual snubs and, and then the usual surprises. And I think people were surprised Kate Hudson got nominated for Best um, Actress in a Comedy. And people were like, hold on. It, it, it was a film that she did um, that Sia, the musician Sia, wrote, I think wrote and directed that I haven't seen. But people are like, we've never even heard of this movie. How did she get nominated? Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of what the Golden Globes is known for. Because it's, I think it's about 90 critics total. Mm-hmm. So when you only have 90 people voting... Three or four people vote for something that other people don't, and it could, you know, it could get, it could swing things. So it's kind of always fun because they're a little more unpredictable. But yeah, that was sort of the story. Is I think some people, you know, you don't hear about it as much yeah. as other years. Hopefully, moving forward, um, that won't be the case. But look, it's going to be a long award season because the Oscars were postponed till April. So yes. we're only in the beginning here. Gracious, <laughs> there's still a lot of award season to no, cover. there is. Okay, yeah. let me yeah. uh, very quickly let me get your pick for the Super Bowl, being that you've starred in uh, a Super Bowl TV ad. <laughs> that makes you an expert. Listen. Listen, I think Brady's got his work cut out for him, but it's Brady all the way. Let's go, Buck. I'm sorry if half of your station just hung up on me because I'm sure the decision is split. Some people are, you know, rooting for, you know, KC. But, but look, I'm a Tom Brady fan all the way. I love, no matter what team he plays for, I, I, I love seeing the old guy in there. And, and that's my pick. How about you? Well, I, I'll give it here in a second with Ben. Uh, but you also have ties to Tampa. I'm going to defend you in that. You have some Tampa t- I So do. this is kind of like a hometown pick for Nikki. So yes, I grew up going I grew up yeah. grew up going to Tampa. My grandparents and uncle live in Tampa and that was I'm from Canada, so we got to Tampa as fast as we could for Christmas where it was warm and my very first NFL game I ever went to was a Bucks game. And so yes, it's a hometown. Now, do I think they're going to win? Absolutely, I do. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, Nikki Novak, Fandango, thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Nikki Novak. Uh, thanks to Cy Seymour and Sean Brace. Ben, did you see, I guess they had a press conference today with The weekend, and he said there's no there's no special guest needed. It's good they'd get in the way of the story I'm going to tell. Ah, uh, whatever. He spent, what, $7 million on a Super Bowl halftime? He better have somebody there. This seems a little deep for the Super Bowl audience to me. Let me tell you, I better see Selena Gomez, me and Phillip's favorite celebrity, coming out of something and and belting out something. Uh, That's a Super Bowl uh, performance. That's a Super Bowl performance. So my pick is, you know, I I did this for WNCT. They invited me to be one of their uh, local media pickers. I saw. And... uh, yeah, I went, uh, you get that on our social media, the 94.3 The Game, Twitter, Facebook. We've also got the poll up, who's going to win on Twitter. So that's pretty simple. Uh, but I, I'm going to the Chiefs, and I'm kind of like Brace. I think it's actually going to be a blowout. I, I do think Tampa will hang around long enough 
to keep it kind of interesting, but I don't think it'll be nip and tuck. I'd be surprised. So I, I think Chiefs by at least two scores. Ben? Tampa Bob blowout. You- I can't pull for a team that's got Mike Rimmers on starting on the line <laughs> in the Super Bowl. Come on now. It's common sense. We've seen this before. <laughs> yeah, but there's a big difference between Mahomes and Cam Newton, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, get, yeah. guess what? Uh, no show Monday. Only the biggest sports day of the year. We're preempted by basketball. Darn. It, M's the break. They better win. Yeah, they got SMU. Uh, Pirate basketball tomorrow, 2 o'clock here on 94.3. The game, 107.9 WNCT. Monday, uh, it is a, uh, I think a 5 o'clock tip, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so we'll be back Tuesday with Mick Mixon. Ben, enjoy the Super Bowl. Have some good food. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My favorite holiday. It's not even a holiday. It's great. It's my favorite. I don't have to be anywhere. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. I'd probably have to be plenty of places Monday, but I don't have to be here on the show Monday. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see you Tuesday. Have a great and safe Super Bowl weekend, everybody.